Good evening, everybody. A rather unusual venue to give our pre-Pesach shir. We normally would be in the hall, but due to this present situation, we have to find ourselves sitting in our front rooms and wherever, listening on the telephone or on line. Uh, for those who couldn't make it in, unfortunately, there's been a slight technical hitch and it is recorded and will be sent out as a recording uh, later this evening. We are in very difficult times where the posuk of Michutz Teshakil Cherev, Mechadorim Emo, the posuk in, Haz, in Hazinu, where the Torah tells us from outside the sword will bereave and from the inside the chambers there's dread, is literally something which is tangible today. We are scared to go out. Most of us are isolated. Uh, many people who are going to be isolated for a while and yet, this, despite that, we're still in fear, living in fear of, of what this virus is going to actually bring and what dread is is about to come our way. But yet, all of us are maminim, b'nei maminim. We all trust in the Rebbein Shalom, and we know that this coming Thursday is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the month of Nisan is the month which, the month of Nisan is the month which is the Rosh HaChadoshim, the beginning of the months the beginning of the months of the year. And the reason why the Chodesh Nisan is called the, the first the first of all the months is simply because the month of Nisan has so many Nisim, so many miracles that happened during the month of Nisan. The first miracle, of course, is the fact that Kalisol came out of Mitzrayim. It has within it the building of the, of the Mishkan, the Hakamas HaMishkan, the setting up of the Mishkan, took place in the month, the month of Nisan. The month of Nisan is also known as the Chodesh HaGula, Kalisholics expect and hope for the Gula to happen in the month of Nisan. So the Chedesh Nisan is the Rashi Chedoshim because it is a month that miracles happen. And therefore, us, Kalisol, who really are Maminim B'nei Maminim, we know that as the Chedesh of Nisan comes, we expect there to be more miracles. And Be'ezus Hashem, there will be miracles that will, will remove this terrible virus from our midst. And we'll be able to get back to our normal lives of serving the B'nei Shalom in the way that we know best. The month of Nisan also has within it a number of halachas, which seem to be a little bit contradictory, or perhaps the month, the, the Yom Tov of Pesach. Most, most Yom Tovim have a mitz, have positive mitzvahs. For instance, Sukkot has Sukkah and Esrog and Lulav, etc. Shavuos doesn't really have any mitzvahs. But Pesach has a, a, a combination of different mitzvahs, where it has the positive mitzvahs of Matzah and uh, all the other mitzvahs, Halaylah. But it also has the the negative commands, the mitzvahs which command us to remove negative elements from within us. So the mitzvah of not to have any chametz around, the mitzvah of tashbisu. So there's a dual function in the month of Nisan that we we have a chiv to fulfill positive mitzvahs, and we also have a chiv to remove all negative um, elements that the Torah commands us not to have around. The mitzvahs of the interesting thing that we see when you look through the mitzvahs of and the the minhagim and the mitzvahs of the yontav of Pesach is that we actually find this is a a common 
theme throughout the whole Yontav of Pesach, where we have the positives and the negatives working together in, in unison. So if you work through, just work through the Leil Seder, for example, you have in, in the four questions, the first four questions in the Manishtano, we have the first two questions which represent the negative element, the, the Golos, the last two questions represents the Gola, the, the, the combination of the negative and the positive together. You go through the, the Mitzvah Haggadah, we have uh, the Maschil and Bignai, and we start off talking about the negative elements of Kalisrol, and we finish off Bishwach, we talk about the positive elements of Kalisrol. There's, there's this combination right away through all the different aspects of the mitzvahs of Pesach. The very matzah itself, as we know, has two elements to it. It has the halachma anya, the acholah basana ba'adam Mitzrayim. It has the element of matzah, which represents avdus, and it also has matzah zu, al-shumah, which tells us how, how we came out of Mitzrayim, and if we weren't able to bake bread, and it turned into matzah. The, the gula of Kagisrod is represented by, by the matzah. So we see we have this combination of the silokara, the removal of the negative, and the positive at the same time. Because the month of Nisan is a month where we remove the negative, and by removing the negative, we're able to achieve an amazing positive spiritual positivity. And that's something that we look forward to when it comes to the month of, month of Nisan, something that we hope that will happen this month of Nisan as well. The Silukara will be able to remove all the negativity that we find outside, all the terrible negativity that there is in the world outside at the moment, and that will all turn, the very negativity will turn into positiveness, and we'll be able to get back to our normal lives and serve the Rebbeinu Shalom. Hopefully that's a bit of a chizuk for all of us, that the coming month of Nisan, Bez Hashem, will be the month of Gula. What we need to work our way through now is, we'll work through some of the areas of the Minhagim and mitzvahs which are relevant in the month of Nisan, and then we'll work our way through the cleaning of the house, how one can clean the house for Pesach and Kasher, etc. We I'll run through the cleaning of the house as one does normally, as we would normally in a normal year, the way one would normally make Pesach in a normal year, and then we'll run through how one can make Pesach this year in unusual circumstances, depending on how people are, how well they are, and how hard it is for them to make Pesach. I had one gentleman tell me a week and a half ago that he hasn't made Pesach since 1979, which means that roughly 40 years he hasn't made Pesach, and this is the first year now again he has to start making Pesach. So we'll, we'll run through it as we would normally, so those who have the ability to make Pesach in its normal way, that would be amazing, and then we'll run through it to try and and cut corners so that Pesach can be made as simply as possible. Possible. But before we do that, let's run through the Minhagim and the things that will be relevant in the month of Nisan. Now, the, one of the things that we always do in the month of Nisan is Hagolas Kalim. We'd like to do Hagolas Kalim again this year, uh, though how that will be practical is, is yet to be, to, to be determined. If there's going to be a lockdown, then we might not be able to do Hagolas Kalim. But we're hoping that one should be able to, with Seath Tishmai, still be have a Hagolas Kalim in Shul. Maybe we'll do it outside, etc., etc. But if somebody would like to do Hagolas Kalim at home, let me just run through the procedure that you can actually cash your own Kalim quickly so that you can do it yourself if we are locked down or if you're not able to leave the house and come to a Hagolas in Shul. The, what you need to do is if you have an electric kettle, an electric urn, let's talk about an electric urn. If you have an electric urn that doesn't automatically switch off when it reaches boiling point, uh, some urn, do not switch off when they reach boiling point. They carry on boiling and you have to switch it off. Then boil the kettle, boil the urn. And when the water is bubbling, and it's got to be bubbling enough that when you put your kalim in it, which you want to be, which you want to cash it, it'll stay and continue to bubble. Then allow it to bubble, continue to bubble. Put the kalim in. Be very careful, please. Wear very thick gloves. Put your kalim, put the kalim in. 
you can do it in two halves. You can put one half of the keli in and then put the other half of the keli in and then take it out and rinse it under cold water immediately. Uh, you can do that with any any keli that needs to be kashered. But please be, make sure that the keli are properly clean. There's no there's no stains on them. There's no rust on them, etc. that they are able to be kashered. If you don't have an electric kettle like the electric urn like that, your electric urn is an urn that would switch off automatically, then you can't use it for agala. The only thing you can do is put a pot on the gas stove, boil it until it's literally bubbling, properly bubbling, and bubbling enough that when you put your kalim inside it, you can, the, the, the water will still be bubbling. And then follow the same procedure, put the vessels that you want to cash it inside the pot, you can do it in two halves, take it out, and then rinse it under cold water. And rinse it under cold water. The other area of which, of, of halacha, which is relevant to the month of Nisan is Mechiras Chometz. Now, this year, a number of people have asked me, we don't normally advise people to sell real Chometz. We usually advise people not to sell real Chometz. This year, some people are panicking that there's not going to be food in the shops post-Pesach, which I'm not sure if that's real or not real. I have no idea. But if somebody is really panicking and feels that they're, they're very nervous that they won't manage without the pasta over post-Pesach, then technically speaking, we do sell real chametz and you can put it away in your cupboard with the, with the chametz, with, with the items that you're selling, and we will sell it for you no problem at all. Mechir's chametz this year will take a slightly different form because I won't be able to run through the Mechir's chametz with everybody coming to see me and doing a Kenyan as we would normally since most people will be in isolation and, and, and we might be in lockdown. So the way we're going to do Mechir's chametz is hopefully we'll send out by email a slightly different form than we normally do. In that form, it'll be the same form which tells you where, where you itemize the different types of items that you want to sell. It'll also have at the bottom of it a, an extra piece which you have to sign as well, a second signature. That signature is to appoint me as a messenger, as an agent, as a shliach on your behalf. That can be sent back by email or sent back, uh, posted through my door, uh, whichever way is more, more convenient. But there won't be a Kenyan this year, unfortunately, because of the situation. Buying food for Yom Tov is, uh, at the moment, become a big panic. People are, are pan- panic buying, which is a big shame because in the situation that we are, the last thing we need is people to be selfish. Most people should be thinking about other people too. Uh, one person told me that the butcher told them that some people have bought five months' worth of meat. I don't think that's very fair in, in the climate as we are, we are today. I think we need to be considerate for other people too. But therefore, because there is panic buying, the risk of buying something which isn't kosher to Pesach is magnified much, much more, much more than it would be in a normal year. You've really got to be careful and make sure that every single item of food that you buy has a a, a hechsha, kosher pesach hechsha on it. The shops are, are struggling to fill the shelves, and it's so easy for them to put on the shelves something which is not uh, quite kosher pesach or different hechsheim. And as we mentioned, every year sometimes they have hechsheim which are kosher pesach together with other hechsheim which say it's not kosher pesach. You really need to double check every item that you buy this year for pesach. The paperware. If you can buy paperware, if it's a literal, real paper, cardboard, the, the, the paper plates and paper cups, etc., ideally should be with a heksha. If you can't find it with a heksha, then with the average you can buy without a heksha. Plasticware, the plastic paper and cups do, do not need a heksha. One of my biggest problems this year is Tanis Bukharim. Tanis Bukharim, which normally takes place on an Arab Pesach, where we, uh, we, I'm a Masechta in Shul, for the Bukharim, for the Bukharim, so they don't need to fast. This year is a real problem how to include everybody in the Tainus Bukhair. I'm not quite sure how to do that yet. I'm still working on a system that could work for everybody. I don't really have a clear answer to that at the moment.
Bedikas Homas will come to a bit later and even in, in the Shir. I first want to run through the Seder, the order of how to clean one's house and the, the way of cleaning one's house, uh, in, in, in the environment and in the year, this year, and the difficulties that we, f- we find ourselves. And then we'll come back and discuss again the Bedikas Homas and we'll actually come back and talk a little bit more about, about Mechir's Homas. The let's run through the houses we normally do from top down. The attics, lofts, and the the bedrooms, etc. Most houses do not need much cleaning upstairs, and this is something we've discussed many times. Most upstairs are, are pretty clean, are pretty chametz free. Even if you do have your breakfast in, bre- in bed and you do eat chametz upstairs, it doesn't really spread that far. So on a normal year, they, what we advise people to do is we ask them to hoover the, the floors upstairs, move the beds aside and hoover under the beds. And that is usually sufficient for uh, a cleaning for Pesach. The cupboards in the upstairs bedrooms are not normally have, don't normally have chametz inside them. It's very rare to hoard your chametz upstairs in your bedroom. Uh, the only time you need, you need to worry about a cupboard is if you have toddlers who come up into the into the upstairs of the house and are able to open the doors and might throw some chametz inside the cupboard, then the, the couple of the, the bottom shelves, the lower shelves, maybe just check over to make sure there's no, no chametz in them, and then you've, that's sufficient for a the upstairs of the houses. You, just, you must make sure that if you do have a, a suitcases and stuff like that stored away, that they don't have chametz inside them, and just make sure that they're clean for Pesach. The bathrooms upstairs definitely do not need much cleaning. They're chametz free. A normal clean that one would, one would do on a normal, normal day, a normal week, that's absolutely fine. That would be absolutely perfect. Clothing is a little bit more complicated. And we will come back and work through all this again uh, for uh, methods of, of getting away with, uh, with even what we're, what we're discussing now to make it a bit easier for people who, who find it hard to make Pesach this year. The clothing is a bit more complicated because any clothing that's been worn whilst one's eating chametz really needs bedikas chametz, which means one needs to check it for chametz, uh, which could be actually quite quite a large number of, of your clothes. However, if you've washed them, once they've gone in the washing machine, they don't need checking because the washing machine will invalidate any chametz. It'll make it inedible. And any chametz that's inedible is not considered chametz. And therefore, we can assume that once you've washed your clothes, that they're clean for Pesach and do not need to be checked and do not, do not need to be have any any work done to them. We'll come back to the two clothing again a bit later. Coming downstairs now to the main floor, the dining room. The dining room will need the te- chairs and the tables cleaned for Pesach because they can have uh, food stuck on them. Any areas in the in the dining room that one would normally or could enter into during a meal, so any cupboards, any drawers that one would enter into a meal, for example, your display cupboard, cupboard in order to take out some bechers or a, a set of drawers where you have your benches inside them or your cutlery inside them or your serviettes inside them, whatever it may be, or any cupboards that, that you store items which are relevant and necessary and needed for part of the meal, then that's considered a makim shemachnisim by chametz. That's considered a place that chametz could enter into and they would need cleaning out for Pesach. The rest of the dining room, any other cupboards, any other areas that do not have any need for a person to go into them during a meal is considered a makim she'en machnisim by chametz, a place that chametz does not enter into and you do not need to clean them for Pesach. Moving on to the, the toy room, to the playroom, the 
toys is something that really does need cleaning as best as one can. If you're going to use those toys for Pesach, the toys in the toys cupboard, toy cupboards need cleaning out because children are, are notorious for taking the biscuits and leaving them in the middle of toy cupboards and boxes of toys. Toys would need cleaning. Some toys like Duplo and Lego, etc., could go into the washing machine. And once you put them through the washing machine, they are considered clean for Pesach and do not need to have any other cleaning done to them. The floor in the toy room would need hoovering or mopping, depending what it is. And and as one would mop and hoover on a normal day, that is sufficient. If you have if you have in a, a sitting room, if you have uh, armchairs there, or even if it's a separate room with armchairs in, the armchairs themselves need cleaning because often there's chomets down the side of the armchairs in between the, the cushions and the sides of the armchair. The armchair themselves can be have chomets on them. The underneath the armchair could have chomets on them, and therefore ideally one should clean the, the armchairs, move them aside and hoover or mop or, or sweep or whatever it is underneath the, underneath the armchairs too. And moving on to the kitchen, which is a far more delicate area when it comes to cleaning for Pesach. If one's using the kitchen, then one has to try and clean as best as one can in order that there shouldn't be even a mashu of chametz because on, on Pesach even a mashu of chametz is awesome. And I think today's coronavirus has given us an understanding that even something which is very, very small and tiny can, can reap wreak havoc in the world and perhaps it's a limit when it comes to mashu chametz. Mashu chametz is also something which can make all your food forbidden to be eaten and everyone has to be careful to make sure that there's no chametz left in the kitchen. So therefore one has to clean the sides of the kitchen well. Any cupboard that's being used should be cleaned out well and uh, and some people even have the minute to cover it with the shelf paper just to make, just to give it an extra kedusha, an extra chumrah. The fridge and the freezer should be cleaned as best as possible. If you use a, a disinfect, disinfectant spray, kitchen spray, that will, that will kill off, uh, or at least it'll annul any, it'll annul any chomets that you find in there because it'll make it inedible. And then that's considered cleaned out for Pesach. I take no responsibility, as I say every year, for the health factor of using kitchen spray inside your fridge. I have no idea if it is healthy, isn't healthy. Please email Dr. Adler. The worktops, need wiping over as much as possible and cleaning over as much as possible. Now, let's run through in the kitchen, if one wants to use the sink and the worktops, what, you, what we would normally do in a normal year. So when it comes to a granite worktop, a granite worktop technically could be cashered. The way you would cash a granite worktop is you would take a boiling kettle. It doesn't have to be connected. And you would pour the hot water all over the granite. Now, this is only if it's real granite, not a granite composite. It's got to be pure stone or pure wood, then you can actually cashier the worktop. Though I do this, I do not advise people to do this because it's very hard to cashier a worktop because you're going to pour your water in one area. It's going to, it's going to run and spread across other areas. And then when you want to cashier the next area, it's already wet from the previous pouring and that's would uh, nullify your, the next pouring. It would make it uh, that the water is actually not landing on the side. It's landing on cold water and it doesn't actually do the job of cashering. You definitely need to dry in between every pouring. So you're going to be using quite a few towels uh, uh, to dry all the previous pouring and then move on to the next pouring and et cetera, et cetera. It really is a tedious work. And we'll come back to what one can do in a moment. Uh, the Any other worktop for mica or composite uh, granite, etc can't really be can't really be cushioned so the simplest thing to do when it comes to sides is to cover it to, is to cover them cover them with with uh, silver foil cover them with with shelf paper cover them with uh, plastic uh, 
tablecloths, whatever you find convenient, just cover it, and then that that it really does the job just as just as good, just as well. When it comes to the sink, so now if it's a a, a real granite sink or a metal sink or stainless steel sink, that can be cushioned. And let me run through again how one cushions a sink. Now a sink is a bit more complicated than a side because a sink has direct access. That means the hot water coming from the boiler goes straight into the sink. Therefore, a sink can't be cushioned just with a kettle that's detached. The sink needs to be cushioned with a, an attached kettle, meaning a kettle that's already, that's still attached and boiling and bubbling. So you take your, you have to make sure your sink has not been used for 24 hours, and this goes for anything that you're cushioning. It mustn't be used for anything hot for 24 hours. You then, uh, and make sure it's clean and not used for 24 hours. You then take a kettle which is on the on the boil, it's, it's still plugged in and on the boil, and you pour around the, starting off from the plug area, around the plug, and moving upwards through the sink, up the sides of the sink, and then slowly across the the draining board from the sink edge across to the end of the draining board, and that way you've, you, you, you would cash your sink. We have discussed in the past people who own a, an Evan Malubin, a, a stone that gets boiling hot. You can heat up that stone on the gas, fill your sink with boiling water, put the plug in, fill the sink with boiling water, and then put the stone in till the, till the water in the sink bubbles. That's another way of cushioning your sink. But the simplest way is to take a, a boiling kettle, a bubbling kettle, and start pouring, start pouring from, start pouring from the, start pouring from the plug area, again, around the plug, and then slowly moving upwards, away from the plug towards the sides of the sink. That's to cover the whole base of the sink. Then you move up the sides of the sink until you move across the draining board. And that's the simplest way of cushioning a sink. That's the simplest way of cushioning a sink. Uh, when it comes to your cookers, so cookers are a little bit more complex. A, a gas cooker can be, a, a gas cooker can be cushioned. A gas cooker can be cushioned. Um, what, the simplest way to cush a, a, a gas cooker is to take the pan rest and hold it, each area of the pan rest, in the flame for a few minutes. Make sure you're wearing strong, uh, a pair of decent gloves. And that, that, that will be malabin. That will actually uh, do hagola on the, well, more than hagola, libun on the, uh, it'll completely kasher the pan rests. And then you can use that, those pan rests on Pesach as they are. It best is to cover the spill tray. That's the area in between the gases, in between the flames on, on, on the cooker. That's considered called a spill tray, and you should cover that with a piece of silver foil. The cooker hood is very difficult to cushion. Best just to cover it and not use it over Pesach. Electric cookers or ceramic cookers, which are usually today glass-covered, can't can't really be cushioned 100%. The best to do what the best thing to do is to heat them up for an hour or three quarters of an hour to an hour, and then cover them with a silicone mat, which you should be able to get from shuttlers. Induction hubs are very very difficult to use because induction hubs are, are, are only actually light; they only become hot when the pot rests on it, and therefore the silicone silicone mats don't help. And you're best off avoiding induction hubs on Pesach. I'll just run through some of the other areas, which some of the other things which are important. Then we'll come back and we'll run through the house again and tell you what to do for those who find it hard to make Pesach. The tablecloths and hand towels and tea towels can be cushioned if they're washed on 90 degrees or 60 degrees, depending on what type of material they're made, made from. Some materials will not wash on a 90 degrees, so then do them on a 60 degree. The hot water urn, ideally one should have one for Pesach. If one doesn't have one for Pesach, then if it's cleaned well, uh, one can use it 
for Pesach without, uh, you can boil it, you can boil it up with, with the water inside for a few minutes if you like and then empty it. So that will, that will kasher it, but you can use it even without kashering, uh, if you don't have any other water urn for Pesach. Hot plates can be cleaned and covered, covered with a piece of silver foil and they can be used on Pesach. Uh, microwaves are very difficult to kasher. Candlestick trays can be cleaned and used and all the other Types of machines you'd have in your house, bread makers, sandwich makers, toasters, waffle, waffle irons, grills, food processors, mixers, pancake makers, donut makers, pizza makers, cupcake makers, ice cream makers, etc. All those types of things should be put away for Pesach, can't be used for Pesach. The most difficult thing that I have to say to you is, is something that I say every single year is ovens. We do not like cashering ovens for Pesach. Unless you have a paralytic oven, which you can put on a paralytic cycle, we do not like cashering ovens for Pesach at all because uh, 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 ovens are very difficult to cash nowadays. They have so many corners and holes and, and bits and pieces which the heat doesn't actually get to, even if you put it on the highest, that it's not considered properly cashered for Pesach. So those who are making Pesach this year and, and will find it hard to manage without an oven, either buy yourself a a tabletop oven, which will do fine for a few days, or try and buy yourself some sort of a, a wonder top that you can actually bake or cook on, on the top, but using uh, similar similar properties to an oven. But the oven itself, unless it's a, a, a induction oven, can't be cushioned. You're best off if you do have an induction oven is to put all your trays and everything inside the oven whilst you put it on the, the induction cycle. That way, not while you're on the paralytic cycle, that way everything will become cashered. I just must warn you that some, in some ovens, the trays and the, and the oven pan and the, and the oven racks, etc., when they go on the paralytic cycle, sometimes change color. They, they discolor a little bit, but that's a, a small price to pay to be able to use a, an oven for Pesach. So now, so that's given us a bit of a rundown of how to cash your your, how to prepare your house for Pesach. What I'm going to do now is run through the house once more and help you make Pesach in, in almost in an hour. So you don't have to do very much and very, very little. We'll start again with the upstairs. Now, the, there's the, the first key piece of information that you need to know is that you don't need to keep every area of your house available for you for Pesach. I know we, we might be in lockdown and most of us are feeling two-man tent fever at the moment, but you don't need every area of your house. We have the op- opportunity of selling different areas of your house, and that way that can help you avoid having to prepare and clean those areas for Pesach. So upstairs, if, you, if you're in a house where there's just two of you and you don't need half the rooms upstairs, just shut them off. If you, well, if they're rooms that never, they never have hummus inside them, they're fine. If they're, you don't take hummus upstairs, then your upstairs is absolutely fine. But if you do, are the type of people that spread hummus all over the place in all different rooms in the house, then the areas and the, the rooms that you're not going to be using on Pesach, just shut, close the door and sell that room. You add it to your hummus form, to your Mechir's Chomets form, you say the, the bedroom number one and bedroom number two is being sold and do not go in there from the time of the sale until Motsi Yontav. That way you will not need to do anything, not, no, no hoovering, no cleaning, no nothing in those rooms. Uh, to make it even easier, even the rooms, the areas that you are using, if you feel that certain cupboards need, need cleaning and you don't have the, the strength or, or, or the ability to clean those cupboards, then again, you can lock off certain cupboards in your room and seal them off, tape them up, and put a sign on it saying sold, and just sell those cupboards. Again, add those cupboards to your Mechir's Chomets form, and we will sell them for you uh, in, in, a, in a timely fashion, in a timely manner, that you will not need to actually clean or do any Bidika's Chomets there at all. So 
coming upstairs, you, you've locked away all the rooms that you've not, you don't need to use. You've locked the cupboards you don't need to use. The clothing that you're not going to be wearing at all, that you haven't washed and don't really want to have to start working through and, and checking all the pockets can all go into cupboards that you're selling and be sold again with the Mechiras Hamlets and that way you will not have to check any of those clothes. So you're now left with just the small area, the room, the, the bedroom that you're going to be using and the bathroom, etc. In the bedroom that you're using, it just needs a plain hoover, uh, just plain hoover the floor. You do not need to move the beds away. If you have beds on legs that you can easily access the hoover underneath it, do that and then hoover underneath. If you don't, leave the beds where they are. The bed with a, which, which you can't, you can't reach underneath will, cons- we consider it like Nafla Lavma Pailas. It's as if a, a pile of bricks has fallen over the Chomets, which the Mishnah tells us you're not to remove those Chomets. Remove the pile of bricks in order to access the Chomets. So just leave the beds where they are. Just hoover around the beds, hoover the room, and that's fine. The bathroom, it doesn't need much anything doing to it because the bathroom is easy. Coming downstairs is the same, the same thing. In your, in your dining room, you can wipe over your, your table and chairs, but if you look, look them over carefully and you see there's no chomets there, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to clean them. The cupboards that you would normally access during a meal, just lock away and sell for peso. Do not do anything to them. Do not clean them for Pesach. You do not need to, to take them out and, and, and clean them. Just lock them away and sell them with your Mechiris Chomets uh, on your Mechiris Chomets form. There will be two forms in your Mechiris Chomets. One form which will be a, a normal selling form. The other form will be for those people who, who want to lock away cupboards and areas and rooms. That's a slightly different Mechiris, a slightly different form. I will hope that we will, we will make it clear on the forms which form is for which. Just sell, lock, lock away those cupboards. So your display cupboard, your, your, your venture drawer, your cupboard that, that you, you store your cutlery in, whatever it is, just lock them away for Pesach. Don't, don't use them for the whole of Pesach. You do not need to do ridiculous cupboards. You do not have to clean them out at all. They will be absolutely 100% kosher of Yosha, and you will have a perfect Pesach that way too. Coming into the into the toy room, again, the toy room as well, the best thing you can do for the toys is lock them away, go and buy a few little toys for, for the family for Pesach, or take out a few toys that you want to use and clean them, and lock the rest of the cupboard away for Pesach, and again, sell it so you don't have to clean out the toy cupboard or clean out the toys at all. And even if you don't like selling uncleaned uh, cupboards and unclean toys this year is, is slightly exceptional. Those people who don't have the physical curve because they've come down with the virus or some of the household have come down with the virus or people who have never made Pesach in the recent past for a while can comfortably sell the, the cupboards for, for the, the, with the Mechiris Chomers before Pesach and be happy and confident that they're fulfilling their mitzvah of Pesach as, as best as one can. Now moving into the kitchen, the, the Sitting room is a little bit more complicated. You do not need to move away your, you do not need to move away your armchairs, but you should check the size of the armchairs in between the cushions and the side of the armchairs just to make sure that there's no chomets down them. Now, when it comes to the kitchen, again, the best thing to do is lock away most of the cupboards in the kitchen that you're not going to be using on Pesach. Do not empty them, do not clean them, just lock them away and sell them. Lock them away and sell them for Pesach. The cupboards that you might need, then what the, the, you, you have to empty out and clean, but clean them out. Just the simplest thing to do is spray them with kitchen spray. You don't have to do, do much more than that. Once you've cleaned it with kitchen spray, then the cupboard is already kosher the Pesach because any chomets left inside there will be considered uh, inedible. No, every year, not just this year. The kitchen itself, 
again, the sides you just have to wipe over, wipe over with using kitchen spray and cover. Do not try to cash, as we said before, just cover. The simplest thing to do with the sink is cover over the, the, the draining board and try and cover the sink as best as possible and use a bowl or buy yourself some insert, a special insert. I think Shuttler sell them, which has a, a bowl and a draining board and use that for Pesach. Uh, if you're going to start cashing and you're not used to cashing, you're probably going to hurt yourself and get it wrong. The uh, simplest thing to do is cover over your draining board and, and cover over the whole sink, put a bowl in it and use the, only the bowl and nothing else. Comes to cashing your, your cooker. If you've never cashed a cooker before, then if it's a gas cooker, just light all the gas lights for a few minutes. Light all the gas lights for a few minutes. So the area that the, the flame actually reaches is considered cashed. The rest of it, just cover with silver foil. Cover your pan rest with silver foil. The rest of the pan rest with silver foil. That's the areas of the pan rest that doesn't uh, have the flame reaching it. Cover it with silver foil and place it back on your cooker and use it like that. That's the simplest and the easiest way to do it. If you have a electric or ceramic hob, then the, as we mentioned before, you heat it up for a few minutes and then go and get yourself a, a, a silicon mat and put the silicon mat on top and use that for Pesach. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. Your fridge and freezer will need cleaning out. It doesn't need to be cleaned out enormously. If you just spray it out, clean it using kitchen spray, as we said before, you don't have to put too much effort into it. The, the, that, that would keep it, that would, that would make it considered clean for Pesach and then you can use it without too much worry. If there's, if you have two freezers, then clean out one and leave the, and sell the other one. You can comfortably sell your freezer or any other appliance for Pesach, no problem at all, and you do not need to clean them out. So if you have two freezers, or if you have a fridge, fridge freezer and your large freezer you, you don't need for Pesach, then sell it, uh, and that will be sufficient for Pesach. Uh, I can't think of anything else that, that, that in the kitchen that's relevant. You do not need to pull your fridge and freezer out. Any year we say you're not mechayv to pull your fridge and freezer out, just leave it there. Again, it's like nafel of mapoilus. You do not need to clean underneath the fridge and freezer. Your tables and chairs should be just wiped over. Make sure that there's no no proper chomets on it. Just a quick wipe. It's not a big job, and that should be easy for Pesach. Cover your table, and you're you're absolutely fine to use that lechatchila for Pesach covered. Um, I can't think of any other area in the house that needs. Uh, thinking about when it comes to Pesach, but hopefully that's given you a, a method of making Pesach in an hour. You surely shouldn't be much more than an hour to hoover the, the couple of bedrooms that you're keeping open uh, and selling, taping up a few cupboards and covering your kitchen, etc. It shouldn't take you more than an hour or two, and hopefully you'll have a, a beautiful Pesach that way too. Now, when it comes to selling foods, when it comes to selling foods for Pesach, the foods that, as we mentioned before, if you want to sell Chomets Gomer this year, we will sell Chomets Gomer, though I'm not quite sure if there really is a panic out there. I don't think the, the country is short of food, to the best of my knowledge. But let me just run through some of the the foods that you'll find in your house that will be Chomets and others which are just kidneys. So all flour is considered Chomets nowadays. Cereals are all considered Chomets and all of them have Chomets inside them. Most alcoholic drinks will, will, will be Suffolk Chomets unless it says Kosher Pesach on it. Canned fruit and vegetables could be chomets. It could have citric acid in it. Citric acid could be chomets. Glucose or chocolate and sweet could contain glucose, which could have chomets, which could be considered chomets. Mustard could have wheat flour in it. Play-Doh is chomets. Marmite is chomets. All pet food needs checking because it could be 
could be made with chametz, and therefore one should check and be careful and what what one leaves in one's kitchen cupboard before before Pesach. When it comes to to Kidneys, lentils, corn, corn flour, sesame, chickpeas, soya, peas, beans, peanuts, these are all kidneys and can all be left in your cupboards. They do not, they do not need to be sold for Pesach. They can be left in your cupboard or in your freezer comfortably, uh, without having to be sold. That's not a problem. Quinoa is now, is a softer kidney. It's a big machlek is whether quinoa is kidneys or not. So those who need quinoa for medical reasons, can be makele and, and eat quinoa on Pesach. Those who don't, don't need to, it's best if they don't. But quinoa is something you can stock up on if you really like quinoa. Stock up on it, buy loads of it and use it after Pesach and you don't need to sell it. You just put it in your cupboard and shut your cupboard and that's sufficient for, that's sufficient for, for Pesach. Now, when it comes to bedikas chametz, so if you bedikas chametz, you only need to do in areas where chametz can be can or might be found. So any area that you don't take chametz into at all. So if you're a family that never takes chametz upstairs, you do not need to do bedikas chametz upstairs at all. Nothing. You don't need to do bedikas chametz. If you've sold your bedrooms, as we mentioned a few moments ago, or you sold certain cupboards, they do not have to have bedikas chametz done to them at all. You just close them off. On the, the afternoon before Bidikas Chomets, you put the word sold on it and you, uh, you've, you've put it on the, in the Mechir's Chomets form and it's been sold on the, on the Mechir's Chomets form. You do not need to do Bidikas Chomets there at all. Downstairs, again, any, any cupboards that you've sold, as we discussed, do not need to have Bidikas Chomets done to them. Any area that you're using, then Bidikas Chomets must be done. Now, the way we do Bidikas Chomets is you, we, we start off with a candle. We make a bracha with a candle. Uh, and we look roughly over the floor to make sure that there's no chametz around the floor. Uh, any area which is risky for you to go into with a, with a candle, and you can use a torch. If you can use a torch with a normal bulb rather than LED, you're a little bit better off. If you can't find a normal a normal a normal torch without an LED light, then use an LED light, but don't set your house on fire. It's not worth it. Um, walk around areas that that. that normally have chomets in them that you've cleaned for Pesach uh, and check carefully that there's no chomets there and that's sufficient for your bedikas chomets. You do not need to do bedikas chomets in any area that chomets does not ever enter into. That's the, the mitzvah of bedikas chomets. Bedikas chomets has to be done on Leil Yudalad. You must do it immediately at Nacht, particularly this year where we won't be going out of the house. Most of us will be at home and, and we're not coming back from work, etc. We should make sure that we do it straight away as soon as it's Nacht. We then go to make the bracha and we, we, we check around the house without talking in between. Try and check the whole house without talking, which are the areas of the house that need bedikah without talking. And that way we've fulfilled the mitzvah of bedikah's chomets behidura. One of the other areas of uh, Nissan, one of the other Minhagim and Nissan, which is uh, relevant and, and something nice that we should be able to do is the brocha on the trees, on the, on the flowers of the trees. Again, that's symbolic of the bracha that we make on the, the new fruits and the renewal of the fruits, the fruits which are about to grow. This year, the, the plants, the fruit trees are beginning to blossom already. They should be well ready for the month of Nisan. Those who have fruit trees in the garden, ideally should have two trees, but with the ever one tree is sufficient. Uh, make that bracha this Nisan. All, the, all these mitzvahs are schusim for us and will enable us to Hashem, overcome the, the nisyonis that we find ourselves in and be able to, to get back to normal life as much as possible.
as much as possible. So just to recap, hopefully we've been through the the house from the upstairs down. Just to remind you as well, make sure that you empty your Hoover bags. They must be emptied uh, because once you've Hoover, there will be hummus inside the Hoover bag. There is probably not edible, but it's still one should empty it before Pesach. Uh, I can't think of any other area that needs to be spoken through. If anybody else has any questions, please email them into uh, the shul or to Jeremy or to whoever's accepting emails, and I'll do my best to respond uh, as quickly as I can. The the let's just remember that the every avoider, the avoider preparing for Pesach is a beautiful avoider. It's it's uh, an avoider which helps us reach the gula. It's an avoider which will help us as Hashem push away the terrible viruses out there. And if we work towards Pesach happily with Simcha, because the month of Nisan is a month of Simcha, a month when we don't say Tachnun because it's a month of, a month of Simcha, it's a, 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 a month when, when there's no Hespedim because it's a month of Simcha, it's a, a month which brings joy into people, and hopefully Be'ez Hashem, this coming Nisan will also bring joy, it'll bring tremendous joy to all the Kali Yisrael, we'll see the end to all the Tsaris in the world, and the Tsaris in Kali Yisrael, the Tsaris in our community, and we'll see only the Be'ez HaGoyal, the Golish Lema B'Korev, from here we remain, Amen, and good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Oh, I agree. With that. Can you have a look at the chat window? There's been some questions. I don't know how you do that, Jeremy. You have to ask me. The, the, at the bottom of the screen, there's a button that says chat. Yeah. Silicone covers you can now buy from induction. Okay. It's all gone bonkers. <laughs> the silicone mat. Would these be okay? I don't know what that means. Can you use a Chomet hot plate? Yes, I've discussed that. What about the car? The car needs cleaning out, I'm afraid. Yeah, unless you're not going to use it. If you're not going to be using the car, you can sell it for the whole of Yom Tov. No pleasure. Please discuss taps. The taps are the same thing. I'm sorry, you just run hot water through it and pour hot water over it at the same time, and that's kashered, and then the, the taps are kashered. If you, if you, even if you're not cashing the sink, you can kasher the, the taps. Like that. How do we table? What does that mean, how do we table? Can you explain that to me in English? How do we table? Should I cover the backsplash in the kitchen? It's not necessary to cover the backsplash in the kitchen. Just don't eat eat off it and then you're okay. The rooms and cupboards have to be actually locked or can they be just sealed off with signs? Sealed off with signs is ample. It does not need to be locked. New Kalim should be... be, uh, Tabled. Um we're, we're working on getting our Kalim Mikvah back to scratch. We've done a lot of research behind the scenes to, to that if it's chlorine in cold water is, is better than chlorine in hot water and kills off any virus. So we're trying to get our Mikvah, we're working on that to get our Mikvah chlorinated to the extent that it can be tabled, that Kalim can be used in there. We just want to be careful when opening and closing the lid, you should use plastic gloves and try and avoid touching the wall. If you stand at the side, you should be able to get your Kalim in and out without touching any wall. Uh, uh, setting chametz, I think we spoke about uh, uh, how we're going to be setting chametz this year. I think we spoke about that. Um, uh, what else is there? Does one use a piece of chametz for five gold? It doesn't make any difference. Just, just don't use it for twenty-four hours. And I think have I covered them all, Jeremy? Um, I don't know. I'm just scrolling through. Cashing at home must that be done with a pesach dik urn? I did that. I did that. I said it doesn't make any difference. Whichever, whatever they want. But they shouldn't use it for 24 hours and then, then, then cash it in it. Okay, so you can use any... Uh, any makes no difference, yeah. Uh, have I done them all? 
if my kids don't use the toys at the table, does Lego still need to go in the washing machine? It should really, yes. It should really because they, they I'm sure they eat comets when they're playing with their toys. So it should really be, they should really be cleaned. Or you can just check them over. If you don't find any crumbs or any comets on them, then that's fine. But it's a bit laborious job. Anything else about this, Jeremy? Yeah, I think that looks like it's all, all, all been sorted. All done.